happened on that was that all these people, all these prophets of Baal, they had gathered up there to watch this take place, 450 of them. 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings 18. Well, God uh, sends fire from heaven and uh, consumes the water, consumes the, the stones, consumes everything that's on the top of the mountain. And now this is where we're at. The, 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 the fire has fallen. The prophets of Baal have been killed. And, and so now we're going to jump in here. And you will see in 1 Kings chapter number 18... And you will be, let's begin reading in verse number 41. 1 Kings 18, 41. We're going to read about five, five verses and we'll take our text from there. <clears throat> now, at verse 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Elijah says, wait a minute, man, it's coming. It, it, the, the, the rain, rain's a coming. But in verse number 40, if you go back there, you, you got your Bible there, look in verse number 40. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slew them there. So what had just taken place is they had proved, proved that Baal was not real. They proved that Baal was false. And Elijah had the power and the authority because of what took place to say, hey, let's get rid of these men. And so he had them killed. He had 450 prophets of Baal killed. And here comes Ahab. Now that's where we pick up verse 41. He said, Ahab, he said, uh, don't you need to eat and drink? Hey, I hear rains are coming. I hear it. I hear it. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to drink, eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up to now, look toward the sea. And he went up and he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. You know what he wanted him to do? He wanted him to look if, if there was a cloud. He wanted him to go look to see if there was some rain coming because he knew that rain was going to come. Verse number 44. And it came to pass at the seventh time, the seventh time he went up there to look, that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud. Out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down. The rain stopped thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black and the clouds and the wind. And, the, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins. And he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So, this is our text that we will be preaching from tonight. I'm going to give you three simple thoughts about the water. Here comes the rain. So, 
so I'll give you these outlines here. So you guys can follow along. But we see that, that he tells you in verse number 441 that he hears a sound of rain. He hears the sound of rain. Now, it's pretty interesting to me. If you look at this text, was there rain coming? Was there rain coming? Could he hear rain? He, he couldn't even see a cloud. So he couldn't hear the rain. But we'll get there in just a moment. But his, his faith and believing that God would send the rain. He told Ahab rains are coming. So first of all, we see the passions of the flesh. Look in verse 41. Elijah said, Ahab, get thee up and drink. Verse 42, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink. You say, what does that have to do with the passions of the flesh? Do you realize at this moment, at this time in the history of what just took place, Ahab watched, Ahab saw, and every other children of Israel saw and watched what took place on the top of that mountain. And they watched the fire of God fall and consume the water and consume the, 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 the wood that Elijah had prepared. And here we are, moments later, Ahab's worried about eating. Ahab is worried about filling his belly after God just did a miraculous work. Now, isn't that so true about us? And even when it comes to church, when it comes to great services, you listen to people as they get out of church what they start talking about. Buffet. Buffet? Here we go. Where are you going? I'm going here. I'm going there. And if you've ever been to church and you feel like you've met with God and God worked on your heart and you... And look, there used to be a time when people would go out of church and they and they <coughs> and they would uh, they'd be crying or they'd been spent some time at the altar and God really moved Amen. and they wanted to stay in the church house and and get more. Amen. But not not today. We're so worried about getting home because it's oh he's going past the hour. He's going past the time. We're worried about how long the preacher's preaching. Make sure that. He ain't preaching too long and make sure that we got his, you know, where he preaches short. I heard, a, I heard a preacher tell me this story one time. Brother Larry Neff told the story that <clears throat> one time he, was, he had went to India to preach. And he had traveled uh, thousands of miles to get there. So he was on a plane. And so he had, I don't know, from the time that he started to the time he ended, it was over 20 hours of a flight time. Well, he got over there and he got to his motel room ready to rest and kind of clean up a little bit. And he got a knock on the door and it was the preacher. He said, hey, we're ready. We're ready to hear you preach tonight. He said, preach tonight. I just got here. I'm kind of tired, wore out. He said, well, people have been waiting on you for over two hours at the tent. We're ready to hear you preach. 
And so he, he said he got, up, he got up and got dressed and got the best he could and, and went down to the tent. And there people were setting up this tent in the middle of India and ready to hear the gospel. He said there wasn't a chair one for anybody. Everybody was sitting on the floor waiting for him to preach. He got up and he preached, uh, you know, an hour or so. And, and uh, he, he used, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but the chalk. Uh, he would draw a chalk painting and, and then it would illuminate and things to that nature. And, and so he'd draw, he'd preach the sermon and, and uh, just fabulous services. And he said, I got done. And, and I, was, I was already tired from, from the flight and all this kind of stuff. He said, I got done preaching. And uh, they, started, they started asking and, and, and chanting and we want more. Come on, we need another sermon. We need something else. And he said, I can't physically do it. Well, it ended up being that uh, the, the, another preacher got up and preached another message, another sermon for them. And, and after they got done, then, then one guy raised his hand. He said, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? And uh, well, Brother Neff said, sure, I'll pray for you. And he got, the guy came forward and they prayed for him. And when he got done, he got done praying, he looked up and he said, there was a line as long as you could see of people getting in line so they could be prayed for. Look, these people were serious about God and serious about the church of God and the service of God. So many times we get into church and we're, we're, we're ready, we're worried about what time it is rather than how the Spirit is moving. And there, this is the passion of the flesh. Here it is. Here it is. We just watched God draw fire from heaven and you're worried about eating? Let's hold on. Let's let's stop for just a moment. Let's just talk about what just took place. Let's talk about how God brought fire from heaven and destroyed everyone. And then God God killed the 450 prophets of Baal. Let's talk about that for just a moment. He didn't want to talk about that. He's ready to eat. The passions of the flesh. But we are like passions like that many times, and we're ready to get out of here. Preach it, brother. Rather than sticking around a little bit longer and see what else what, what else to take place. That's right. That's right. Anybody have any questions? Anybody have any thoughts? Good preaching. <laughs> <laughs> There he was. Boy, Ahab had a chance. God was giving Ahab a chance to get saved. God was giving Ahab a chance to get right. Let me, let me ask you something. Go to the book of Jonah. I don't turn there, but go to the book of Jonah with me, if you will, for just a moment in your mind. And Jonah comes into the city of Nineveh. Now, we're going to fast forward through him being swallowed, but go through where he goes into the city of Nineveh. And he starts preaching 40 days and Nineveh is going to be overthrown. I mean, that's, that's what he preached. Well, God brought revival. But you know what happened when they believed God? I think it says in Jonah 3, 6, he said that he believed God. But you know what, they, you know what took place in that city? They shut down things. They started, they started, uh, they made people worship God. They made people have the sackcloth and the ashes and all those things that took place. They began to do all of that. Because God had moved. And what did this wicked king do when he saw God move? All right, let's eat. Where are we going? 
Because we saw how Baal reacted when we asked him to bring fire. We, had, we saw how he reacted when, when the fire didn't fall. We saw that he was on a vacation, or maybe he was sleeping, or maybe he didn't even care. We saw that that didn't take place. Yeah, let's go get something to eat. Instead of saying, hey, wait a minute. This is God. Right. The true God. But I think there's times in our life where we need to step back and say, all right, let's let God work a little bit. Sometimes we're so worried about a schedule, we don't want to let God work. Amen. All right, anybody have any questions? Anybody have any thoughts? Go ahead. Well, you know, preacher, this past Sunday, you know, I, I think church was for me Sunday because God, God did, did work on me. Amen. Amen. To uh, his calling, you know, and do what I what I did and everything. Uh, and, but I thought about it and I said, well, church had to be for me. Amen. You know, because God spoke to me, you know. Amen. And I hope everybody else got the message. <laughs> Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Anybody else? And you know this in, in this book right here of, of, uh, about Elijah. You know when God sent that fire down, it said the, the flames licked the water. That's right. Out. You know that had to be a sight to see. Amen. Huh? That's right. That's right. That is right. That's right. Because you'll see back in verse number 39, the Bible says, and, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is the God. And so at that moment, in that time, every single person that was there from this accord, according to this, other than the 450 prophets of Baal and Ahab, got on their face and said, He's God. Not only is He God, but He's the God. And not a God. Not one of the gods we worship, but He is the God. So important. We see that. We Look at that. I mean, it's amazing. And then He says, ah, let's go get something to eat. Rather than, hey, let's have a fast. Hey, let's get the rest of Israel saved. Hey, let's go down to Jezebel and win her to the Lord. Amen. But he didn't, he didn't believe himself. I'm not exactly for sure how you can't believe after seeing something like that. Wow. The fire of God fall. And you still say, uh -uh, nope. But I do believe this, though, that as, as, as much as Ahab didn't see it and Ahab didn't get saved and Ahab didn't believe... It's no different than what happens today. 
because you've been in church where the fire has fallen or the Holy Spirit came and took over a service and the Holy Spirit worked and convicted you and brought you to salvation, but there was somebody sitting beside you that would not heed to that same Holy Spirit. The passions of the flesh were too important to them. Well, number two, we see the persistence of the faithful. You say, what do you mean by that? His nonstop, all the time, going after God. His persistence of being faithful. A look at his interest. Where was his interest at? Look in verse 40, 42. Um, and so Ahab went to drink, Eden to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth. What was his interest? Where was his, his interest? His interests weren't about eating because was he not hungry just like Ahab was hungry? Was he not thirsty just like Ahab was thirsty? They'd been there all day. They'd watched all this take place. They'd been there since, uh, I think, the morning time they'd been there, if you go back and look at that. But you, you, what, he was the same way Ahab was, but his interests were not worried about filling his belly. His interests were worried about God and being consumed with God. Look at his faith in verse number 41. What does he say? He, says, Get, uh, he said, there is a sound of abundance of rain. He knew that rain was coming. He could hear. He said, hey, don't you hear it, bud? Don't you hear it? Uh, don't you hear what just took place? God just threw fire from heaven. Can't you hear that God's fixing to bring the rain? Can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? I, I believe in God. Hey, you may not believe it like I do, but hey, I just watched God fall, bring fire from heaven. He's fixing to bring rain. His nonstop persistence, he, he was going to believe God. It had been three and a half years since God brought rain. It had been over three years. And there he was out in the middle of, of nowhere eating and drinking. And, and God provided for him. But he said, hey, you hear it? It's coming. But well, that was his faith in God. His faith in God. Look at the reverence. Look at the reverence in which he had. The Bible says in verse number 42 that he cast himself down upon the earth and he, and he put his face between his knees. What took place there? He laid himself out on the ground and he put his face between his knees. He wasn't doing that because he wanted to, he wanted to uh, lay down on the ground. He wanted to do that in reverence to Almighty God. Amen. Because you say, how do you know, how do you know that? Because if you fast forward and go to James chapter number 5, you don't have to turn there. But in James chapter number 5 and verse number 17, Elias was a man subject to like passions as, as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. He said, he said hey, Elijah's just like you and I are. Hey, you and I are. When he prayed, God stopped the rain for three and a half years. In verse number 18, he said, and he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. Now you see this in 1 Kings chapter 18. It doesn't say that he was praying. But in James chapter 5 tells us that he was praying. So guess what he was doing when he was down on his face, on his knees? He was asking God, bring the rain. We are ready. These people believe that God has and God will. And God can. Hey, would you bring the rain? And, he did. and God did. 
But you, but, but even at that, you see his persistence in praying. Because did God bring the rain the first time he asked? He said, hey, hey, go, go look. Would you, would you look? Would you go look if there's some rain clouds out there? Nope, there's no rain clouds out there. Okay. All right, God. He's on his face, on his knees before God. All right, God, bring the rain. Bring the rain. Hey, hey, would you go look to see if there's rain coming? No rain. All right, God, all right, God bring the rain. Seven times. And then all of a sudden, he came back. He said, yep. All right. There's a rain cloud out there. Hey, that rain cloud's as big as my hand. <laughs> that ain't no rain cloud. Hey, look, I, I've seen the big storms come rolling in off the coast. Uh, I mean, we've watched, uh, you can watch them just roll into town. Hey, you can see the big clouds. You can see the rain clouds. But there he saw a little rain cloud the size of a hand, the Bible says. Up, oh, it's a rain cloud. It's a rain cloud, Elijah. But his persistence in praying, he didn't stop. When did God give it to him? When he wouldn't stop praying for it. And the principle of this is sometimes you got to pray more than once. You got to keep praying. If God hadn't answered it yet, you didn't keep praying. But what? Elijah didn't stop praying. Elijah kept praying. Elijah kept praying and kept praying and kept praying and kept praying until God brought the rain. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, you know, he said seven times uh, in, the, in the numbers, when he studied the numbers, what is number seven? Seven is the number uh, of completion, perfection. Mm hmm. That's right. That's right. That will tell you something right there. I wonder if the rain could be physical rain or if it could be the Spirit of God coming to cover them that believe. Hmm. Makes you wonder. I will say that it was physical rain for sure, but as far as whether it being a spiritual rain as well, letting the Holy Spirit come down and uh, work on them, or you know, uh, what does the Bible talk about the cloud? You know, you can see the cloud, <coughs> the glory of God come down. Right. We well, don't many times. Here in our church, the Spirit of God fills the church. Amen. And you know, if we could, if we would put our spiritual eyes on, we would see that cloud in his building. Amen. Because the presence of God is in here. That's right. It's just that we don't see it. Right. Our physical eyes. We don't always see it. But our spiritual eyes, if our spiritual eyes, we would open our spiritual eyes, we could see the presence of God. Amen. I Amen. I believe too. I believe too. If God would, 
If God would allow us to see the spiritual realm, we could see the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of the air. I do believe that when when we have church and every church that preaches the truth and uh, every time that they have church and uh, when they're up there preaching, the devil's fighting. But you have to have the army of God fighting for us. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air and trying to attack the service and trying to distract the people. And there we have to pray. That's why I really feel like we need to make sure that we pray coming in and pray going out. Because what did Elijah do when Elijah saw that God had brought fire from heaven? Do you know what he did? He got on his face and he began to pray. He didn't get up and he didn't go eat. He didn't get up and go out the door. He said, no, I'm not done yet. This ain't over yet. we got to bring rain down. And so he didn't stop. And his persistence was nonstop. Look, we've asked God for 12 new families at Mid-County Baptist Church this year and 18 baptisms. Look, it's not going to come just because we prayed a couple of times in January. It's going to come because we keep persistent and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. I heard a preacher say this. Keep praying till the light breaks through. Keep praying to the Lord. He'll answer you. And we need to keep praying to God until He comes through for us. Elijah the same way. <clears throat> My mind goes... To Abraham, <coughs> when he was talking to God about Lot and his family, he said, God, would you save, would you save Sodom and Gomorrah for so many righteous people? Yep, I'll save them. Nope, there's not. God, would you save them? He, he kept going down and kept going down and kept going down. But my question is, my question has always been, why did Abraham stop at 10? Could Abraham have saved the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah if he would have just prayed one more time? He stopped praying. You say it's Abraham's fault? No. But I believe that he had the ear of God. And he chose to stop praying and asking God to bring that number down. So many times I believe that we have the ear of God and we just need to pray that one more time. Amen. Pray. Pray. Be persistent. Non-stop. All the time. All right. Anybody else? I'm going to commend you. Hey, look, if you're already praying, keep praying. If you already have faith, keep having faith. If you already have reverence, keep having reverence. If, you already, if your interests are already in God, then keep your interest in God. And then lastly, number three, we're done. Is the pace of the feet. He said, what do you mean? Look at this. The rain came... And he said, tell, tell uh, Ahab to leave on his chariot because the rain's coming. Go to Jezreel. So Ahab gets in his chariot in verse number 45. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. He went to Jezreel. Look at verse number 46. 
And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. You know what God just did? He took, he took Elijah and made him run faster than the chariot. Now, I don't know about you, but I ain't uh, out running no three or four horses, you know. <laughs> I would. And you would too. The pace of the feet was that God took Elijah and said, you're going to beat Ahab. And here you go. And he took off running. Now, from what I understand, from what I read, according to geography, it was about a 20, 25 mile hike. So it was like he was running a marathon. Look, he got one of them stickers on the back of his, on the back of his donkey. It says 26.1. Right? <laughs> or 26.2, right? He ran the marathon. That's what he did. But he beat Ahab to Jezreel. Because God blessed his feet. Amen. If they were both going to Jezreel, why didn't Ahab ask him to ride along? They were both going. Ahab took the chariot and, 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 and uh, old uh, Elijah took some sandals and took off running. It wasn't like he had some Nike, Nikes or some Reeboks or some nice little cushion shoes to run. He had his little bitty sandals on the run. And he took off running and beat Ahab down there. Ahab had a chance to ride the whole ride all the way to Jezreel with, with Elijah. He said, I ain't going to ride down there with that preacher. Hey, he's a confrontational preacher. He, he's going to tell me like it is. Uh, he's going to tell me and preach against my sin like, I, like he shouldn't do, huh? Hey, no, no. This is what Elijah did. Elijah took off running and God blessed him. We see the, the three different principles tonight. We see the passions of the flesh which cause us not to focus in on God's things when we ought to. The persistence of the faithful was to nonstop go, 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 go. And in the pace of the feet, God blessed the feet of Elijah to beat him to Jezreel. Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about Elijah's escape from Jezebel. Anybody have any questions? Anybody have any comments? You know, whenever we study, our special Amen. Place and everything, but to really understand it, and it has to be amazing to see this happen. Oh, amen. You know? Amen. Can you imagine just watching all that take place? The fire fall, jumping in a chariot and running down to Jezreel, and and then you get to Jezreel, and there's Elijah standing at the door, and you're trying to figure out, how, well, how did you get here, bud? I, I was supposed to meet you here. I had some horses. We didn't even take a break. And Elijah ran all night to beat him. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I, keep, I keep thinking about Philip too when he was, went to the unit and how God moved him. You know, Amen. From one place to the other. I mean, Acts chapter 8. Yeah. That's right. God came to, God sent Philip out there in the middle of the desert to witness to somebody. And the Bible says, and, and the Ethiopian eunuch didn't see Philip anymore because Philip was gone. 
And I don't know what happened to him or where he went, but he's gone. He's, he's out of here. He went preaching somewhere else. He went to go preach somewhere else. That's right. And God called him out. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's easy for some Christians to have a spare tire religion. Yeah. shouldn't live like that. Amen. Amen. For all the things that he's done just for me. Amen. Amen.